Recording in progress. Present. Johnson. Present. Kelly. Present. Marrero. Present. Martinak. Present. Mizell. Mr. Mizell. Here. Thank you. Simon Weisberg. Here. We have a quorum. Great, we'll go to the next um, item, which is the land acknowledgement. Okay, and we're going to see if we can show text and audio simultaneously. Thank like you. They, like we do in, in the 21st century. Here we go. <laughs> the executive director and I tested this beforehand. It worked fine. So <laughs> cross your fingers for me. <laughs> okay, can everyone see uh, the text of the land acknowledgement statement? Yes. Okay. I'm going to play the video now. The Berkeley Rent Stabilization Board recognizes that the rental housing units we regulate are built on the territory of the Huchun, the ancestral and unceded land of the Chochenyo-speaking Ohlone people, the ancestors and descendants of the sovereign Verona Band of Alameda County. This land was and continues to be of great importance to all of the Ohlone tribes and descendants of the Verona Band. As we begin our meeting tonight, we acknowledge and honor the original inhabitants of Berkeley, the documented 5,000-year history of a vibrant community at the West Berkeley Shell Mound, and the Ohlone people who continue to reside in the East Bay. We recognize that Berkeley's landlords and tenants have and continue to benefit from the use and occupation of this unceded stolen land since the city of Berkeley's incorporation in 1878 and since the Rent Stabilization Board's creation in 1980. As stewards of the laws regulating rental housing, it is not only vital that we recognize the history of this land, but also recognize that the Ohlone people are present members of Berkeley and other East Bay communities today. Did it work? No. <laughs> oh, no one could hear it? No, we could hear it, but we uh, couldn't see it. We could just see your screen playing it. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Try again next month. I apologize. Uh, next time. Third time will be the charm. It started that way, Amy, but as soon as you pushed the audio, the text disappeared. Oh, I, I know what happened. I apologize. I needed to to put it back in front and someone popped into my office. So I was I was just trying yeah, to so. if you just reverse what you did and start the audio and then click yeah, on the text. No, I, I know exactly what happened. I just uh, that's what that's what I get for doing too many things at once. Sorry about that. No problem. All right. Um, so now we're going to move to the approval of the agenda. So this is when, if there's anything you want to move um, from consent to action or action to consent. Um, Commissioner Kelly. I'd like to move the dissolution of the um, ad hoc committee on rent board technology to be included in the item on rent board appointments and the creation of the sustainability committee. Hey, any um, objections? Um, just to clarify, that's moving item action item seven. Uh, A two. Yes. Okay. So just We're moving just something to, onto consent. Sorry. Jen, just a point of order for our new um, commissioners. What that means, though, is that if we move it to consent, that there can be no discussion. So I put it on action just in case people had questions about why we were disbanding it. I just want to make sure for our new commissioners that that's clear. All right. Um, I see still Commissioner Kelly and 
Commissioner um, Alpert with their hands up. I'll second Commissioner Kelly's motion. Okay. Any other things? All right. Uh, can we go ahead and do a roll call? Okay. So this is adopting the agenda, um, but moving item 72 to consent. Uh, Alpert. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. Aye. Thank you. Elkstrand? Yes. Johnson? Aye. Kelly? Aye. Marrero? Yes. Martinek? Yes. Mizell? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great. Um, so we are now going to move to public comment. Um, and this is for non-agendized items. And so I'm looking over at the list of attendees. If you could raise your hand indicating you wanted to speak around something that's not on the agenda for tonight. I'm not seeing any hands raised. So we'll move to um, public comment uh, regarding items that are that are on the agenda. Um, I see Moni Law. If you can start the clock. Moni, go ahead. Oh, I, I don't think it's actually on the agenda. And I just wanted to bring attention to the importance of some issues on the housing element that has a short window of opportunity. And I'm speaking on my own behalf as a personal resident of Berkeley, by the way. Um, but I attended the city council meeting two nights that discussed the housing element. There's many references to the rent board, the importance of rent controlled units to make housing affordable and remain so in Berkeley. But they also talked about TOPA and tenants opportunity to purchase act, which a number of tenants have been able to purchase their building in Berkeley, but will be enabled to do more by the passage of that law. So I just encourage the public and the board. Thank you and congratulations to the new board. Um, I'll be seeing you in the future, but I wanted to just bring that forward. It's a very short window of time. Council member Susan Wingraff actually complained that it's a very short window for public comment of seven days. And then it goes forward and it's the housing element which lays out the entire housing plan for many years to come for the city of Berkeley. So it's a pretty critical piece of uh, work. It's about, I've read most of it. I think it's about 90 pages, something like that. But it's a lot to read in a short time, but I encourage everyone to do so that's on the board and everyone else in the city of Berkeley. Thank you so much. Great, thank you. Um, all right, I just wanna, well, I guess, it won't matter. Um, I see Alana wanting to speak. Um, Alana, are you speaking to something that was on the agenda or not on the agenda? Had her hands down, unless you've moved over. There we go. Okay. Um, Alana, are you speaking to something that's on the agenda or not on the agenda? Something that's on the agenda. Okay, great. Okay. Hello, everybody. Um, thank you for your service as rent board commissioners. It's really, really important. And it's, you know, as you know, we're so lucky in Berkeley to have you have this even exist. Um, I'm uh, wanting to encourage you to write a letter to UC about the, their recent investment of $4 billion in Blackstone's REIT, BREIT, or however they pronounce it. Um, 
Blackstone is has a track record of exploiting tenants with excessive rents around the world, all over this country, has for decades, and has been accused by the UN of contributing to the global housing crisis. So the fact that um, the UC just gave $4 billion to Blackstone is really shocking and flies in the face of um, what the needs are of the students here in Berkeley, what, you know, the rent board is, you, you know, we're supposed to be supporting affordable housing. And they just invested in a company that, um, um, th that, that will create um, more eviction and will create more homelessness and increase our, the rents here in Berkeley. Um, meanwhile, they invested when um, the $4 billion um, when in December there was a report that the market capitalization of the REIT shrunk by $8 billion. So this was in fact a bailout, you could say, in a sense, of this REIT, um, when instead the UC should be investing in, um, in housing, in affordable housing for all of the students and the more and more students that they keep accepting, um, and in um, education and in their, their workers and in their worker students and all the things that they should be investing in and not in REIT. So please, I urge you to send a letter from the rent board. Thank you. Great, thank you. Megan? Um, um, Chair, give me a second. I need to do a couple of things before I can just jump to the next person. Sure. Uh, Nagin, go ahead. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Okay, I congratulate all of you who are new to the rent board. And I wanted to also speak about the investment of the UC in Blackstone. So in 2009, um, same similar situation happened where the markets crashed in 2008 due to the global meltdown and the uh, uh, housing markets. Uh, in 2009, the UC investments crashed, and I used to have a cycling partner who was the head of um, public uh, health, and he told me that the dean met with all of the heads of the uh, departments and basically was like, not only are we having to increase our tuition by 30%, we have to do these massive layoffs, and you guys are responsible for telling people that they're losing their jobs. They're, lots of people lost their pensions out of this for the UC. So they, they've already been through this and they had invested in Blackstone as part of their full portfolio with other REITs too. And the problem with this kind of investment is that uh, the private equity firms have no accountability to, and there's no transparency. It's a completely opaque market, and you can't pull your money out once the investments are made and things start to go down. You just lose it. So the UC has been through these cycles before and done the same stupid things, and why should the, the population of Berkeley pay for their mistakes and the students? They have a commitment, there's a public institution, and they should they should act like it. And their investments should be solid, like in bonds and things that, that are transparent and that have always been used for universities uh, as investment. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jonah Gottlieb. Hold on. 
Jonah? And that was so great, gracious and graceful. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yeah, first, I'd just like to congratulate um, all of our new elected rent board commissioners. Um, and I want to thank you all um, for considering uh, this uh, item tonight. I think that as a uh, UC Berkeley student um, and as a member of the Berkeley Tenants Union, and particularly as someone who is out on the picket lines every day, uh, just, you know, these past few months with this historic uh, strike that we've had with our academic workers, really was first and foremost about housing and about the cost of living uh, adjustments uh, related to uh, how the university uh, supports its academic workers and students, or more accurately, how it doesn't. Um, I think that, you know, the university essentially has a factory town model where the, you know, the same, or a company town model, excuse me, where the same institution that is paying people is also the one that their workers are then paying right back for their housing and food and other services, um, which really just traps academic workers uh, and students in a cycle of, you know, just being beholden to these institutions and, you know, just scraping by every single month when the rent is due. Um, and so I think particularly this is just a slap in the face to the historic a uh, wave of labor organizing that has just been seen in the UC um, when the university is going on and on about how they don't have enough money to pay their workers' family that fairly. They don't have enough money to provide transit subsidies and healthcare um, and cheaper housing for their academic workers and for students. And yet they somehow have, you know, billions of dollars just lying around ready to be poured into a, uh, you know, a bubble. Um, and so I hope that you send this letter and I'm grateful uh, as always for your leadership on this issue. Thank you. Great, thank you so much. All right, uh, um, Paola Verde. Hi there, commissioners. Congratulations to all the new members. I wish you the best of luck, because I know you have so much work ahead of you to do, and thank you so much for representing tenants. I also am very happy to see that the board has decided to take, uh, to consider, uh, consider sending a letter to the UC Regents um, as a public body that represents housing and knows exactly how um, housing impacts um, uh, business and the, the, the people who actually have to purchase this, this service. Uh, it is very important for your voice to be sent to uh, the regions to let them know. And I so appreciate that. I do agree uh, with what Jonah said previously about Berkeley really is a company town uh, to the university. And I hope that you would consider putting that sort of language into uh, the letter to say how student workers and students, uh, student workers are beholden to the university and they're exploiting them. Um, so thank you very much for all you do and, uh, and I appreciate you giving us voice. Thank you. Great, thank you. All right, um, we're gonna move on to the next item, which is, are the consent items. Can I get a motion to approve the consent items? So moved. Can I get a second? Second. Thank you. Uh, can we do a roll call, please? 
Alpert? Aye. Elkstrand? Yes. Johnson? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Marrero? Yes. Martinak? Yes. Mizell? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great. We're now on to um, action items. Um, and the first one is the chair update. And um, the public comment obviously speaks to the first item. And that is, uh, yeah, as, as the, the public speakers have, have described, this very problematic uh, investment um, by UC Berkeley. And um, I would like to get permission from you all uh, to to draft a letter and send it expressing our our concerns. And if anybody wants to co-write it with me, I'm welcome to that. Um, I see Commissioner Kelly, did you wanna? Are yeah. we on the letter or are we in the chair's report? Well, it is part of the chair's report. I mean, can I talk about the letter? Yes. I, okay, thanks. I thank you for bringing the letter forward. Um, you know, I always am cautious and I'm just saying this for the benefit of some of our new members too. I always think it's important for us to think, is this an issue the rent board should weigh in on? You know, and this is so an issue the rent board should weigh in on. We have so many students we represent and we have so many, we, we, so I feel like that's really important, but I also just feel like this is almost like Alice in Wonderland where I understand the university needs to make money. I used to work in annual programs actually the office that like raises the money. So I understand that there's endowment funds. I understand that not every dollar can go. Some things are allocated, but the idea that the university would all year, all last year, all last decade has said, we can't afford to build housing so we don't have the money. The UC makes so much money off of student housing. And even though I would like to see it be nonprofit, and I would like to see them lower the rates for the dorms and the units. The reality is, is that is like one of the number one income sources. So if the university could at least put that $4 billion into building the vitally needed student housing at the 10 campuses, so that, and they could have done that. That was a choice they could have made that would have had a guaranteed return and provided student services, but instead they're choosing to invest in a company that does harm to our community, does harm to students, and and doesn't address the housing prices at all. It doesn't build any more student housing. It is like doubly wrong on every level. Um, you know, if they took that, if it was divided by the campuses, they could spend four hundred million dollars to build housing in Berkeley for students. That would make such a difference on, I mean, that would make, that's four times our affordable housing bond. That would be so many students who could walk to campus and so many apartments freed up for other students and community members. So I just think that I hope when we write that letter, which I'm happy to write if the, with you, if the board passes, that we can stress, not only would we like them to not invest in this fund, but that we would hope to see them investing in student housing, serving the campus. Like that, not just our opposition to where it's going, but our hope that they would put it somewhere productive that would actually help students struggling. Thank you. And thank you for bringing this forward. It was something we could have easily missed. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Alpert. Oh uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll echo, um, you know, the comments from public comment and from Commissioner Kelly. Um, you know, 
it's already bad enough that we have a university which is engaging in you know profiteering on a captured market with its student population and charging outrageous well beyond market rents which has you know terrible impacts not just on students but also on the surrounding community um, but now they've decided to leverage their uh you know investment portfolio to further blow up the bubble of housing right we, you know we don't need more money in we need more money in housing we need more money in building housing not in speculative you know asset pumping in housing um and so uh there i was just reading about the canadian teachers pension fund <laughs> there there are other models there are other models for how to invest money and in, in, uh, and so I, yeah thank you for bringing this forward definitely uh anyone else uh commissioner elkstrand yeah, thank you for bringing this up. And, you know, actually, you know, Commissioner Kelly kind of stole a lot of what I was going to say, because, you know, I, I do agree that, you know, generally, I am cautious that, you know, wanting to tell people that, are you know, kind of outside of jurisdiction, how to spend the money. But in this case, it is clear that there are impacts that uh, impact the people in our uh, jurisdiction um, with, with Blackstone and the uh, historical actions they have done to, you know, kind of undermine many people, especially um, low income individuals and people of color. And, um, you know, I'm no financial advisor, so, you know, I can't really comment as to why UC would to, uh, decide to invest in this when, you know, many other shareholders are wanting to uh, are jumping ship on this. But, um, you know, I think um, I'm also worried that, you know, this investment that the UC has done would undermine uh, UC Berkeley's ability to work with the community in um, in building more student housing. You know, we're, we're fortunate that they are finally starting to take action, thanks in part to a lot of um, advocacy from you know many uh, people, including people here on the board. Um, but you know, when when actions like this happen, you know, four billion dollars in, investing in this company that has caused many problems with tenants it's difficult to do that so i think this is the um, appropriate action to take and uh thanks again to the chair for uh bringing this to us thank you um commissioner mazel yes i agree with you know the comments of my colleagues you know the it's quite clear the uc and i'll speak for uc berkeley um has history of practices that fundamentally undermine the ability of the to trust their decision-making when it comes to housing, when it comes to basic student services. Um, I've seen it firsthand during my time in student government making issues of funding about what the ASUC couldn't pay for um, and why the ASUC wasn't providing space. And really the situation was the university wasn't providing space, our money, our funds, and was forcing us to use very little funds to try to fund a lot of important things on campus. We see the same issues with housing. University, frankly, has a history of not funding housing, as we all know. And then in the past 10 years or so, it has it was taken a U-turn. And at first, they were prioritizing certain projects over actual housing. And now they tell us they need housing as badly as possible. But then they go and fund an investment group that the UN says has wrecked havoc in communities and has helped fuel a global, global housing crisis. It's sad, shameful with all the things I could say. It's all the things, unfortunately, we know about the UC. Um, and the reality is, you know, the value of the UC comes from 
the workers, the professors, and the students. <laughs> Not so much so like making the investment decisions, but I fully support this letter. I fully support us sending this message that if you're going to claim that you desperately need housing for students, if you're going to dedicate lots of PR and police funding, supposedly in the goal of building more housing and hopefully affordable housing, you should back up that with your values and your actions in each step of the process. And, and, and this is a clear violation of that. So fully support this letter. Great, thank you. Um, Commissioner Marrero. Hi, thank you. Um, I, you know, I think, I have built probably three to four buildings in my career as an educator and can tell you that it is very expensive. However, um, I think it's beholden of the University of California Office of the President to make and assist Cal in making decisions that will benefit opportunity housing and really invest in the people of Berkeley and the students and the educators and all of the staff that have very different benefits um or lack thereof so that they can sustain you know serving the berkeley community and i am definitely um in uh, support of writing a letter and in support of assisting you chair to write the letter um because we need to be able to serve people in berkeley in a way that is going to promote opportunity housing um and so i thank you as well for bringing this forward and allowing us to speak on this item. Definitely. Um, Commissioner Mertnack. Uh, yeah, I would like to um, echo what uh, everyone else has said thus far. And I would really like to stress the point that um, as a public university, uh, UC Berkeley, I mean, the very last thing they should be doing is investing in real estate speculation. Uh, a, a, a company like Blackstone and their likes are responsible for massive devastation, destruction of communities, uh, displacement, gentrification, you name it. So um, th this really goes in the face of everything that Berkeley has historically stood for. And um, as uh, Jonah, who called in, uh, said, you know, it flies in the face of the uh, striking workers, of the students, of our entire community. It's deeply offensive and disturbing, and I fully support this letter, and I'd be glad to, you know, uh, look into it, edit, help write it. Great. Well, um, I'm, ex you know, not surprised, but also, you know, excited that everyone is so uh, supportive of us taking this action. Um, kind of last call for for comments, and um, if not, I I'm going to make a motion that we that this letter be written. Um, and can I get a second? I oh, can. Well, my hand was raised. I can second, but I had a comment. I just wanted to um, agree with what everybody said. And um, I've dealt with, I think we've dealt with Blackstone at ACE before, and they're just terrible people. They displace communities. So um, just wanted to voice my support and second. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Um, that being, so the next step is, can we get a roll call, please? Uh, Alpert. 
Aye. Elkstrand? Yes. Johnson? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Marrero? Yes. Martinak? Yes. Mizell? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Right. We are now on to the next item, which is discussion possible action to adopt resolution 2301 to allow the board to continue to meet exclusively by teleconference throughout the remainder of the state of emergency associated with COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I believe that our general counsel is going to uh, walk us through this. Sure. Um, there's a hand raised right now, uh, Chair. I'm not sure if you want to recognize oh, Mr. Marrero. Um, Oh, okay. did you want? Did you want to speak, Commissioner? So, no, I, I just forgot to know. Um, good evening, Commissioners. Uh, this was uh, the result of um, what the board had asked me to prepare um, for next uh, for this for this month uh, uh, last month. Um, as you all know, uh, the governor um, provided um, suspension of certain. Uh, sections of the Brown Act uh, in March of 2020, when the pandemic first hit, to allow for uh, legislative bodies such as uh, the board to meet fully remotely and not to have a central meeting place um, where the public could gather. Um, and uh, that continued through October of 2021, I believe, um, when uh, the governor said, no longer will I do that. So the legislature uh, passed Assembly Bill 361, um, which allowed um, uh, legislative bodies such as the board um, to make a decision during a state of emergency to uh, meet uh, fully teleconferenced, fully remotely. Um, the 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 one uh, the two things that need to happen for this to to continue is that. Uh, there has to be a state state of emergency. In other words, the governor needs to have called it. Um, and two, the uh, local, or rather the legislative body needs to determine that uh, gathering um, in, a, uh, uh, in a common place um, would represent a health risk um, to both the members of the commission and the public. Um, think that we have uh, still a local state of emergency um, we still have masking orders. We still have vaccination um, um, uh, recommendations. Strong suggestions of vaccine vaccination from health officials. So um, it is certainly um, 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 reasonable to make the finding that uh, meeting in a public place right now represents a health risk to the community. Um, so. Uh, you have a memo before you that discusses this. Um, you have a resolution that I'm hopeful that you will adopt. Uh, the resolution would allow you to continue to meet re remotely. The, the council um, has started to meet uh, in a hybrid fashion, um, but still uh, has committees meeting re remotely. Uh, we have been following the council's lead on this since uh, October of 2021. And um, uh, at this point, given the council is now meeting in a hybrid fashion and that the board has given me direction that you would prefer to meet uh, in a remote capacity for as long as you are able to under the law, 
I am um, uh, I, I re I'm recommending that we pass uh, this resolution this month and then another resolution next month, um, uh, which would allow for the same uh, remote meeting. I will say, um, and this is uh, identified in the report, that the governor has given um, uh, a date of February 28th, uh, uh, 2023, when he intends to lift the state of emergency. Uh, as I understand it, um, from talking to both our legislative, um, or rather our lobbyists and others in Sacramento, that the governor has no intention of um, extending that date. So we should all expect that the last day that we're able to meet in a fully remote capacity as a legislative body would be the last day of February. And then thereafter, we will have to meet all in person. Um, and also, rather, we will have to have a central location um, for meeting um, and uh, um, for, uh, for both board and committee meetings. Are there any questions? And there's also, of course, the resolution um, that I'll, I'll be asking that uh, that that you move uh, that you adopt rather. Uh, first, I'm going to ask if there are any questions or comments. Uh, Commissioner Alfred. Yes, um, just just a quick question. You had brought up that we'll need to do a resolution again next month, um, even though the March meeting will have to be in person. Is, is the purpose of that so that uh, committee meetings that happened before um, February 28th can continue to be virtual? What's the purpose of doing it again next month? The law actually says that the legislative body has to make a determination every 30 days. It just so happens that um, January 19th is our meeting this month, and then March 16th, or sorry, February 16th is our meeting next month, which falls within this 30 days. So any meetings that happen on that day or after, um, I think a resolution would be, it would just protect us. I don't, I mean, not that I think that there's going to be any sort of uh, opposition to this, but um, I, I mean, I'll just reproduce the same agenda with different, I'm rather same resolution with different dates, much like council has done sort of going forward. Okay, so just kind of just to be safe. Got it. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Alpert. Yeah, thank you to Matt and staff for their work on this. It's been a thing we've all had to learn a lot about very quickly as we've been adapting to changing circumstances. Um, I know one of the things we discussed at the last meeting was um, exploring the feasibility and practicality of childcare um, provisions in future in-person meetings, and I just didn't know if there was any updates about that. Still working on that. We don't have any updates as of yet. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I'm not seeing any other hands raised. Um, I'm going to see if there's anybody in the audience that wanted to make any comments on this item. I'm not seeing any hands raised, so we'll move to, can I get a, um, a motioner in a second? Oh, Commissioner Kelly, did you want to speak? Oh, no, I just wanted to move to approve the resolution submitted by staff do thank you and make the relative findings supporting remote meetings great thank you i'll second great thank you commissioner johnson and um can we get a roll call vote please uh alpert aye elkstrand yes johnson yes kelly yes marrero yes martinak 
Yes. Maisel? Yes. Walker? Yes. Simon Weisberg? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great. Uh, we're now going to move on to information announcements and articles. Um, so the first uh, information item is the updated regulation 1266. Uh, I think that's back to you, General Counsel. This is simply uh, updating the chart associated with this um, particular regulation um, with CPI numbers. Um, it doesn't require a vote. Um, if there are any questions, this is a very seldom used regulation. Um, but uh, in fact, I don't think it's been used in the last 10 years. Um, but Great. Thank you. And unfortunately, maybe because so few of us know how to have these, these skills, I uh, just want to encourage everybody to do everything you can to learn how to use drills and hammers and all of these things, because there will be so few people who know how to do it. Um, great. Thank you. And Got my hand. Oh, I'm sorry, Commissioner Albert. No uh, worries, just not to be a pedant. I think the 2002 number, the decimals, is placed. So it goes from 16 to 179 to 18. Oh, you are you are correct. Uh, that's a boon for unskilled labor. In 2002 only. I will, I will go ahead and I'll make sure that we correct that in the uh, published copy. Thank you. Yep. Great. Thank you. All right. Um, and now on to item B, updated commissioner attendance at board and committee meetings. Board secretary, I think this is so, you. Um, <clears throat> our, our newer commissioners, um, this is mostly for your benefit since the other uh, members of the board have heard me say this a million times. Um, uh, per uh, rent board regulation 2212 that codifies your stipend, your benefits, and, and our attendance policy, uh, staff are required to publish attendance records of all commissioners at board and committee meetings quarterly. And we do that first in the agenda packet. And then if there are no updates or issues, we publish it online according to that same resolution about three days later. So if if uh, there are any, if you have any, any disputes or see anything for your attendance that you don't think is accurate, please let me know um, by Monday, if at all possible, so that I can resolve that. Otherwise, um, this uh, attendance record for the fourth quarter of 2022 will be published on our website next week. That's all. Great. Thank you. Um, I think the next item is yours as well. Um, about these oh. topics. Oh, it's, 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 uh, oh, did I put my name on that? I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. I know I was about to say it, but then I saw your name. So <laughs> sorry. I, I, uh, Yes, I mean that's it's normally something that the chair announces because she's more important than I am. <laughs> but this is again just our standard um, deadline um, to submit agenda items or topics for next month's meeting uh, is Monday, February sixth by five p.m. Great. And moving on to uh, committee board meeting updates and announcements. These are probably not as much as we normally would because of the holiday kind of in between. Many of you just beginning to get onto these committees, um, but was gonna ask, um, so in terms of budget and personnel, um, we have, we don't have, we don't seem to have any dates <laughs> yet for any of these meetings, these um, committees. I would like to ask if anybody is from any of the committees, if you can just raise your hand, if there's anything you want to update. Otherwise, I was just going to say that usually staff will reach out 
um, to the board members to get the first meetings going. At those meetings, you should be, um, you'll need to vote to get a chair for each of your committees. Um, I'm seeing some hands raised, Commissioner Kelly and then Executive Director Williams. Uh, no one's chair of the outreach committee yet, but I'm the only person who's been there. And I just wanted to ask while we're on the phone before I forget, if staff could schedule the soonest possible meeting for that committee, um, there's some stuff we need to deal with and it's timely, so that would be great. Great, I'm sure that will be done. Uh, Commissioner, I mean, <laughs> Executive, Director, Executive Director Williams. For budget and personnel, uh, February's meeting that will be scheduled, there'll be something going out now that we have established who is on the committee. Um, and uh, I just want everyone to know who is potentially on that committee that we will be going over beginning the budgetary process. Um, so you, we will get a budget report and talk about staffing model um, and things like that in the beginning of the conversation around setting the fee. So that will be um, on the agenda for February's budget and personnel meeting. Great. And so you will get, um, whether it's fully staffed or, um, I mean, fully uh, have the board members there or not, you will, if you are on that committee, you will be receiving an email within the next week or two, beginning to do the scheduling process of all those committee meetings. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just moving down towards um, we still it's we still have the ad hoc committee on remport technology issues. I assume that we there's nothing that was just an accident. There's nothing you wanted to report. Uh, no, that was deliberate because I, I don't take it off the agenda until the board actually votes to disband it. And that now that that has happened, you will not see it on the next agenda. Great. Perfect. Um, now we're here at updates and announcements. I don't know. Does anybody have any? I have one. Uh, uh, Executive Director Williams. So I don't know that this is an announcement, but I didn't know where to properly place it because um, it was put on consent. So the waiver, the information for the waivers, if you have seen on there that the, it is a little bit more um, detailed information that was then was normally provided to give you some more in-depth background since um, waivers have been kind of something that has been discussed um, whether, you know, a community landlord or whoever may come in and have a discussion and you all might not have had something in front of you to be able to see how staff had come up with the rationale and the research to become to a decision, whether it had been ministerial or, or otherwise. So I just wanted to let you know that that is some new information that will be included moving forward in your packet as it relates to the waiver process. Great. Thank you. Um, Board Secretary? Uh, I also just wanted to mention briefly, um, Commissioner Johnson, um, the issue with Zoom today, um, one of the commissioners uh, mentioned that the Zoom links that I normally send to you are apparently going to some folks spam inbox because I guess the email address is different. So that that might explain the issue you were having. So I thought this was as good a place as any to to uh, I wasn't aware that the Zoom email, the automatic the automated email has changed, but clearly it has. So if your Zoom link was not if you couldn't find it, that's probably why. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to mention is that um, I have not sent each of you uh, calendar invitations for the rest of the board meetings this year uh, because in that invitation, it states the location. And I was waiting to kind of, until we firm up um, details about, um, well, which you've just done by by voting on resolution 2301. So I will be sending uh, invitations for our board meetings for March through December 
uh, next week. So I just wanted to let you know why why I only sent January and February. That's it. Great. Thank you so much. Um, so one my, my one announcement is that I don't know if folks have been following what's happening at the county that um, on Tuesday, there is uh, two important items on the county agenda that really impacts tenants. One is there, there are three of them. Yes, yes. Um, one, one is that they are discussing, you know, whether to change the moratorium. So I would encourage folks to take the opportunity to speak. Um, the other is that, you know, there's been a, a struggle to get just cause passed um, for the unincorporated areas. Uh, folks know that um, if you were living in an unincorporated area within Alameda County, the supervisors basically function as your council. And um, we have had a change in one of the seats um, to from one person who was very supportive of tenant rights to somebody who is not. Um, and there is an action to, on Monday at noon um, at um, Supervisor Lena Tam's offices in San Lorenzo um, to encourage her to vote yes. She is the needed third vote. Um, and she covers many, she covers Alameda as well as um, parts of Oakland. So she has many constituents that, um, that you know, have rent control. So it's really unfair that she's letting some of her constituents be protected and not, not others. So just in, in solidarity, um, you know, with the tenants living in unincorporated areas, that they should have the same protections that we um, get to have here in, we enjoy here in Berkeley. So just want to ask folks to to turn out and um, to contact her office uh, in support of passing just cause um, and also that she should not um, be ending prematurely the moratorium. Um, Commissioner Johnson, can you share with folks details around the third item? Sure. Um, so the third item that's also being discussed is the fair chance housing ordinance. So we've actually got this ordinance already in the city of Berkeley, as well as in Oakland, too. Um, and what it does is it prohibits the usage of criminal background checks in the application process for formerly incarcerated folks. Um, and so it basically creates a lot of space and opportunity for formerly incarcerated people to be able to get access to housing. And it's up for uh, the second reading in um, corporate Alameda County as well. Great. All right. So um, if you have time Tuesday, um, please join that meeting. And in between, um, please contact uh, Supervisor Tam, as well as our own um, supervisor, uh, Supervisor Carson, who has been very supportive of Tom uh, and, and continues to be very supportive, but remind him that we appreciate what he has done. All right. Um, any any other announcements? All right. Um, and then just Nathan has his hand up. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I need to get better at I need to I'm sorry, I just had a, had a question. Yeah, of course. Um, I, th I think our, our last meeting we had the uh, ministerial waiver, I think, that we approved um to, to discuss at this meeting. I was just curious on the status. I think it was eleven oh four and eleven oh six you could live. It required some back and forth between uh, some registration staff and some additional details from the landlord that has not been completed as of yet. So I don't have any new information on that as of now. Okay, yeah, I just, just wanted to check it. Great. All right. Um, I, so um, sorry, Chair, I, I apologize. I know that we're past the committee updates. I just wanted to, um, uh, I'm 
just got a text. Um, and uh, uh, just to remind um, uh, the commissioners, to remind your constituents to please um, respond to the tenant survey so that we can get as many uh, good responses as possible. Um, so I know that a lot of you have um, uh, interested stakeholders in the community that you communicate with frequently, and it would be good to try and get as many people to respond as possible because the response rate has been a bit low. All right. Yes. Very, very important. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Elstrand. Yeah, um, on that point, um, could you let us know when the deadline is uh, to fill that survey? I believe Nate or Moni, I don't have the exact date. Um, both uh, project manager is Moni Law and Nate is the uh, manager of the PIU. Both of them are in the attendee. They may be able to pop on if they know offhand the exact end date. Um, when would be the last time to be able to participate? I, I, I believe it is actually on the survey itself for those that received it, but they'll be able to, to be able to share that. So Nate or Moni, I don't know if they need to be promoted to a panelist to be able to answer that question. If they know the end date of when the survey cutoff period would be, um, they don't need to be promoted to panelists. I just allowed both of them to speak, but I'm not um, not able to hear them. So let me go ahead and just promote them. Oh, I Moni? saw it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, that I just saw that you put it on the screen. Uh, thank you so much for uh, letting us make this pitch. Um, we pushed back the deadline for all things related to the survey due to the holidays and the election coming in between and people thinking that it was just junk mail and might have tossed aside the postcard. So the contractor is sending out a letter on city letterhead um, after the director's review, the executive director of the rent board um, to provide a final chance to fill it out and send it in. I believe the end date will be probably about three to four weeks max. We're trying to get it completed by February 15th or the last week at the latest so that they can compile their report for the board and the statistics will be compiled. We're about 74 short from the uh, prime ideal number. So it will be scientifically sound when we get those additional surveys in. It's 95% accuracy, plus or minus 5% is the industry standard. And to meet that, we need 74 more. And we hope to get 100 or 200 more or 300 more, but we do have a representative sampling that's out there, random sampling, and we need people to turn them in. So thank you for giving that uh, announcement to all of your constituents. Great, thank you. Um, to be clear, though, there's no. It, it has to. It's only for random. It's not. We can't just be promoting it as a link and trying to get people to respond. Good so. question, Chair. Guess what? <laughs> We're discussing next week with the director an opt-in option. A number of people have said they're really sad they didn't get a chance to be picked and they wanted to be selected. Well, it was a random selection, so that's true. Um, so we have a scientific study. Dr. Barton is a consultant. Laura Gil Trejo is the contractor. On the addition to that would be a set aside standalone opt-in survey on our website that people could take um, and it will be populated separately with findings from that survey. So to give more inclusion and opportunity for people to give their responses to these critical questions that may not come for another few years, um, we're discussing putting that on and the contractor has actually offered that link that would go on our website. 
But this scientific study that they get in the mail, yes, that's only to the pre-selected 2,600 households that were selected to be sampled. So we need, I think it's 784 ideally, scientifically we have to get 74 more for our sample size and um, it is by random selection for the official study that will be analyzed and submitted to the uh, board for a full review. But we also wanna gather data while we have it, the exact same questionnaire, go online, fill this out, please send it in. And that will be a, sort of a supplemental standalone separate uh, completed. And it will chunk out all the numbers too. So it's a great link that the contractors offered to us that we can get more information separate, but it will be data that will be very useful and rich for the city policymakers to use. Great. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Kelly. Um, sorry, this is a kind of weird situation. I am very concerned about this tenant survey. I reached out to staff to ask for an update last week and didn't receive a response. Um, I'm very concerned that we're being asked to do tonight outreach to the community, which we were told previously would mess up the results. Um, I'm also very concerned that this notion of putting a link on the website to, to allow people to choose to opt into the survey when that was also previously discussed is a very bad practice by the consultant and by industry standards. So I hope that none of these changes are implemented until the committee can meet and the board can make a decision on these things. Um. Okay, so I think that that's a pretty important point. Um, and since essentially you are the, the chair, since you are the only person from the prior committee, um, I think we should take that. I don't think a motion is necessary, but I, I definitely would encourage people to heed that um, so we can get clarification. Um, I'm assuming uh, Director Williams, you may have a, is it a direct, response to that maybe so this um something that came up within the last week or so about this opt-in um we did uh seek like you said uh dr barton's kind of um expertise on this um, and we wanted to have because i had some questions about it uh to have additional conversation um with the contractor as well as internal staff so no decision um, has been made or will be made i just had some existing questions to get some get better clarification and understanding what this opt-in meant. Um, so just so that you know, wouldn't anything happen until the committee had met, but we will be having internal discussions so that I can have some clarification and understanding about what that means. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, Commissioner um, Elkstrand. Yeah, um, just to respond to Commissioner Kelly, my understanding was that if we were to go forward with the opt-in, it's it's still separate from the the original you know scientific you know for for statistical purposes. But um, you know, to your point, I'll, I'll be happy to discuss more about this at the um, outreach committee. Great. Anything? Anyone else want to comment? If not, this will maybe be one of our earliest meetings. Don't get used to it. Um, to adjourn. Yes. Oh. Sorry, what, one more item. We haven't touched on future future agenda items yet. Oh, sorry. If there are any. And I think Vanessa has a hand up. Thanks, Sully. I did want to comment on it. Um, I, I think it is important to get feedback from renters about their experiences. For example, I was um, 
years ago, one of the selected for the survey. Um, and my fellow neighbor who was living in my building since like 81 was not. So, so there is data standards and as someone that is um, a doctorate level researcher, I understand that. I, and I would like us to be open to a conversation as to how to get feedback um, from at large. So I'm excited to be on the outreach committee as well with you, with, um, with you, Commissioner Kelly, and um, to be able to have more discourse about this and to um, delineate what a, what a through line could be and what's something that's, uh, you know, that's easy to implement um, for staff as well. Cause you know, as we seek input, there is a lot of back, back office stuff that needs to be done. Thanks. Great. Um, seeing no other hands raised, um, but can I ask for a motion to adjourn? So moved. Second. It's only eight o'clock. I know. <laughs> we are efficient. Second. All right. Can we roll call, please? Is it real? Al Alpert. Hi. Elkstrand. Well, this feels weird, but uh, yes. <laughs> Johnson. Yes. Kelly. Oh, very much yes. <laughs> Marrero. Yes. Martinak. Yes. Mizell. Yeah, but I prefer to go to eleven. Okay. <laughs> we well, can stay on. That's fine. Noted for the record. Walker. <laughs> yes. Uh, Simon Weisberg. Yes. Three seconds before eight oh one. There you go. Wow. <laughs> wow. Are we done? We're done. Good night, everybody. Thanks, everyone. See you on Saturday. Good night. Good night. Oh, Leah? Yes. Oh, I don't know if you saw my text. I can't find your email. No, I, I resent it to your new email. Which? Your Gmail? Oh, okay. Let me text me if you didn't get it. We're still recording. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone.